Simon aren't you Kennedy, a, uh, Alice, aren't as you, I live and breathe. Aren't you a, yeah, aren't you a, uh, I guess, a sound for sore ears? <laughs> what does that mean, a sight for sore eyes? Does it mean it's a, I don't know. I suppose it's like you, you must be like a balm. Yes, there you go. Yeah, like like you're you're having a balm poured onto your sore eyes by gazing at this creature. That's in right. Front and of my you. ears are so so sore, so fatigued, so upset from not having heard. Because what listeners probably don't know is that yeah. uh, we've been sneaky, haven't we? I think it's probably a month since we last had a conversation. Oh, is that at right? Least, at least, at least yeah. a month. I have been to. I think I I've spoken to you since I went to France, right? Uh, was that was I that did. the virtual environment trip? Yeah, yes, was, you've definitely. That was right. that, yes, you've talked about. Yes, you've talked about how Portuguese, and then you sort of you found your French feet again. Right. Okay. So since then, I've been to Finland <laughs> and Italy and Portugal, not in that order. So yeah, I've, wow. I've travelled it... the world. Yeah, travelled the Europe. <laughs> I, I mean. Europe is part of the world. <laughs> so good on you. Good on you for all that travelling. Oh, busy, busy work, work, work is all I can say. Was it all? Portugal was not work. I mean, I'll grant you that. There was a little bit of joy in the middle of a travelly, travelly work, work, and work. And frankly, judging from the photos from Torino, that didn't look like a whole lot of work either. Oh, I very, very much beg to differ. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I mean, we've been sneaky because, of course, we we pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. So the last we, one you heard, which was about emotional affairs, affairs, was recorded mm-hmm. a long time ago. So so yeah. much has happened. Yeah. yeah. So this will feel I like catch up for us, affair. but not for listeners. Yeah. yeah, I have not had an emotional affair. I have uh, just been working. And neither and, I, I haven't had an emotional affair either in the last four well, weeks. Well, um, uh, so that's a good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no, I'm sorry. I've seen the pictures of the bread. I think you and the bread have been deeply in love. How's it going? Oh my! I made a lot of bread this weekend. Yes, I had. A, I was invited to. Uh, there's a harvest festival at um, in the cathedral in the bombed cathedral here at Coventry, Ooh. and uh, so I I made. I made 38 loaves of bread, which doesn't, probably doesn't sound many, like many to... Oh, <laughs> if you have ever made a loaf of bread, that sounds like an awful loss. <laughs> there was big chunks of dough. It was pretty amazing, actually, just feeling like it was um, a little bit like a workout. Yeah. Yeah, and that was... Um, and and quite hard work because I was... I, I learned something about timetabling bread, which I'd never tried before, and... Um, so that was great, and then just really lovely. I was a bit nervous because uh, you know I've never I've never really sold anything of mine. I mean, I wouldn't say selling dance. You know, <laughs> I've been to arts <laughs> markets and, and failed at those. And um, an arts market for listeners is a place where you literally 
as it says it on the tin, is where you go and try and sell your work to art producers. They're very, very odd experiences. Yeah, super strange. I've only ever been to one in my life, and uh, no thanks. Yeah, no, it was really, and so, but this was not like that, and um, it was, a, but it was a chance to sort of meet people who were interested in the bread, and or not even who just were passing by, and it was really lovely the conversations and and just how I sort of felt. So I settled down a bit and and then, yeah, sold it all, which is great. Wowzers. Wowzers. Is it starting to turn a profit or is it still just breaking even or are you still, or are you underwriting it with your academic income? Oh, it's, uh, there's no question it's a hobby uh, mm-hmm. because, I mean, I've had to buy, I guess, two major pieces of equipment, which are going to, you know, they would, at the, at the quantity of, <laughs> the quantity of bread I'm making, it would take years to pay those off. <laughs> So but you I'm keeping track now... of it, which is hilarious. <laughs> well, just to give you an idea, this is you know I sold thirty, what thirty six loaves of bread for four pounds a pop, yeah. and so rather because normally uh, um, Rachel at Coles gets a little bit of that, and I so I yeah. didn't get all of it. But in yeah. this case, I was getting all of it, and that didn't cover the cost of the extra proving baskets I had to buy <laughs> in order to make that many loaves of bread. That's not even including flour or salt or you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Power. Have you bought a new mixer? Is that the uh, the other? No, I of... bought a fridge. Oh, interesting. Y- yes, which is in the garage, and um, I got the dimensions a little wrong. <laughs> oh it's no! Quite possibly the biggest fridge I've ever seen. I love that. Well, I don't love it. I mean, it's great in terms of growth, but uh, if I were to fill it with loaves, it would take about sixty loaves of bread. And wow. Um, so yeah, that would be a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of time in the oven at six loaves a pop. <laughs> Are you still having a lot of fun? I am. I'm. It's uh, it's really good fun. It's re- it's really is. It's just like I've said before. It's just so different from my regular job, and there's something mm. just so um, well, I just say real about it, or concrete, or something. Not that the bread's mm-hmm. concrete. Hopefully, <laughs> I've seen the photographs. It looks like there's a very good crumb in there. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm. I actually. That's, that's also a little bit like cake. You never get to taste. You know. You sort of. It's a little bit going on experience that it's going to be right. Mm. I guess I'll hear. You know. People. Well, yeah, it would be weird for you to just like cut the end off and go. I'm just having a little taste. Now this is fine. I'll sell it. Four pounds, please. I mean, I was going to have. I had all the stuff ready for tastings, but it just wasn't even necessary. I mean, it did go quickly. Like it went quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's oh, great fun. Yeah. Congrats. Although the, my dear friend Rachel, who normally sells the bread at Cogs here at Coventry on a Saturday morning, um, described me in an Instagram post as loony. Like she was trying to get people to go down, to, because there was not going to be bread at her store. She was going to get, get yeah. people to go into the cathedral. And um, she described me as loony. What was the context? Uh, he's loony and lovely or something like that. I mean... I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank okay. You. I just want to. I. I. I want. I basically. I, I want Rachel not to feel like she said a mean thing about you. Oh, I don't think she said I'm anything sure mean about me. It's coming from a place of yeah. It's coming it's just, from a place of love, and it, no. And I think what you're doing is, you know, I, I, it's a lot. I did. I did hear people <laughs> come up. To, people came up to us and said, "So, I, I believe you're crazy." <laughs> oh. Okay, that's probably not the uh, the way to start, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, and mm, I've I'm been, not going to be able to help you. I've been um, every now and again find myself really irritated by the word bromance. 
Oh, okay. Why? Well, I don't. I don't disagree with you, but why are you irritated by it? It's uh, it's that something about. I mean, I guess this is obvious, but it's like men kind of. Anyway, I'm going to put it. I'm going to say it in a way it's provocative because I don't really sort of feel quite as strongly as this. But I'm just going to say it's like men can't do anything. Sorry, I can't even. Uh, it's just that thing, right? Two men in a friendship. Right? Why can't it be called a friendship as opposed to turning it into something which is what? A bromance. That it's something like it's okay for men to be friends or it's okay for men to, be, you know, to, to love each other in a friend, friendly way or something. But it has to, it's just something that really, really gets my nerve about the sort of reduction to of the complexities. And I think also the difficulty of men being close friends, of men being engaged in an in, in intimate, like an emotionally intimate relationship, without it being reduced to some kind of slightly juvenile kind of catchphrase. There you go. It, 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 it's hmm. like it if we've got our legs too far apart on a train, then we are what is manspl- it? Manspreading. Manspreading, which you know, yeah. which I, I understand why that's irritating and why men shouldn't. But then yeah. also then if we're engaged in intimate relationships, then it's a bromance. Like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm less... I think I'm... Yeah, I think... Hmm. <laughs> I think I'm similarly irritated by... Uh, by the idea of of bromance and it's and the reductive nature of the word, it's like guyliner. It's like um, I don't know if you remember that in the uh, in that period of time where where we 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 started to become metrosexual rather than so that was like late nineties. So wait, they, wait. So guyliner is eyeliner, but for men, yeah, and for men, exactly, yeah, yeah, metrosexuals. I certainly remember be, you know being being asked, so are you a metrosexual? Yeah, so that that shift away from what we understand as a particular type of 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 masculine that that didn't care about its appearance or didn't care about its smell or those kinds of things. Yeah. Um. And 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 once again, this idea or wasn't that strutting around or wasn't it was it some kind of a, a sort of slightly I was going to say masochistic, but that's not the word I was looking for. A sort of ma- with machismo. There was a machismo. Yeah. 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 So I. But I guess it's an it's an it's an offshoot of that sort of that that seventies display, you know, that kind of very Saturday Night Fever display, or or even if to take it into sort of here, <laughs> here in the UK, that sort of that uh, that Wigan Pier kind of, um, you know, Burberry on working class lads look. Oh right, what did you say, Wigan like long, Wigan Pier? Wigan Pier, yeah, you know, like uh, Northern Soul, that whole kind of that whole kind of yeah. Um, subculture, yeah, um, where where young, relatively well yeah relatively poor men were were incredibly well dressed in in quite high end stuff which eventually became um <clears throat> excuse me um reabsorbed into what has been rather problematically articulated as chav culture go and read owen jones for a, a critique of why chav is a problematic term um but this that is, idea um, of, of this is chav is not a term that will be familiar to anyone outside the uk yeah, it's um, it's. I think it's supposed to come from council housed and violent as an acronym. That's right. Chav. That's um, right. I heard. It, I mean, I heard it within days of first arriving in yeah. Northampton. It was, and I was. It, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's fallen it's fallen out of favour to a certain degree in terms of the word, but I think the idea of it still exists. There's... Is it owned by chavs, as it were? You know, in the way have they sort of appropriated it to describe themselves, or has it ever has it ever done that kind of work for them? I'm a chav, you know, like kind of. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so because it was always something that was. It, it was always an external. Yeah, from the outside. In my understanding, yeah, in my understanding of it, yeah. as I say, Owen Jones has done a wonderful job of of critiquing the the language of it because it is it is built that upon. Also, not class. be in the show notes. <laughs> but you know, you can find him. Yeah. Uh, just type in Owen Jones and Chav. It's dead easy. But it's built on class hatred. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. a deep, deep class hatred, and and that sense of, in the same way that we're 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 getting those narratives right now that are going on about you know obviously the the things that are dispossessing the white working classes in the UK are migrants on boats coming across the channel, not billionaires shitting on the planet. That's not the reason that they're. It's it's, it's all of that's like look over there, look over there, look over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But that's and, those sorts of those all those sort of dog whistle type things. Aren't yeah. Really? yeah, but but I also think that that's what bromance is. I think that that's what man spreading is. I think it's a, a look over there ness rather than asking us to interrogate the way men are socialized um, as a result of the patriarchy uh. and. Yeah, it feels it feels like it's all part of the same thing. And and, and yeah, that's re- that is really interesting. And I've never, I, I, like I say, it's just a it's a, it's the it's just a word that's got under my skin. I realise that it's been getting under my skin whenever I've heard it because it, it's been described. I've heard it described of us, you and me, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, but there's something you just said. There was something about it's just that you know maybe. I mean, I can hear a couple of, you know, old friends go, oh, so, I mean, just don't take yourself so seriously. Why does it, why can't it just be a word that's used to describe two men enjoying each other's company? And there's a certain, so I, I have that slight in one ear, um, that kind of, why, why do you need to be like that? Or why can't you just, it's just okay. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything more than it means. And then there's partly, I think, there's the sort of, I guess I'll call it the academic side of me, which is a little bit, a part of it's about investigating uh, the nature of words and why it is that we call things particular things, right? And so, yeah, I'm a little bit, I always get a bit torn about it, but it is definitely a word which I'm going, oh, come on, please, give me a break. Ah, I, yeah, but it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because we, we, it, oh, it's difficult to get outside of discourse, Oh, what does that mean? It means that sometimes the language that we are using locks us into thinking. Without us knowing it? or Without or... us knowing, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, so that idea of, of bromance effectively limiting... And it's and that's why I'm that's why I want to point immediately back to the patriarchy and go yeah yeah the the patriarchy is fucking us because what it wants us to do is continually articulate that men look like this and women look like this and it dispossesses and 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 reduces and limits everybody um, and yeah and, and, and if you and and I, if you were to I'm just so distracted because there's a uh, I'm going to call her an elderly woman. She's, um, I don't know how old she is, but she's older than me. <laughs> and she's standing outside the window in the park, uh, my window in the park, and she's got a hand on a little fence around the outside of a sapling tree. And I can't see her head because it's blocked off by um, uh, by leaves. 
and she's just doing these amazing little leg circles and little swings, which we used to do in ballet. So she's sort of using the the thing as a as a bar, as a ballet bar. And um, I'm just really enjoying it. But it's such a distraction from my um, from the conversation. Uh, so if you were to, if say I was a really skeptical listener, just say, um, and how would you most directly draw a line between the patriarchy in this case and the instance or the use of the word bromance? What's the shortest line, the shortest route for you to, to, to generate a rationale for that? It is the reaffirmation of a type of oh no I'm going to start that was that was a shit way to begin okay the shortest line doesn't start with it's reaffirmation. The reaffirmation does it no so let's the shortest line <laughs> it's got redirected through Singapore right there and, yeah no I realise sorry about that I uh, the satellite just moved across and it bounced off the wrong dish what I would say is. The shortest line between the patriarchy and bromance is language tells us what's okay. Mm. And coded in bromance is I'm secretly wanting to fuck you. Yeah. That's what's coded in it. That's what's coded in bromance. Secretly, I want to be buried deep in your guts. That's what it's about. <laughs> it's about no, to, I, I know that's unnecessarily crass and crude, but that's what they that's what that word is is in a it's coded implying. way doing it's implying it's it's built upon homophobia it's absolutely saying the idea of closeness between men is unnatural and wrong i yes because it is saying the idea of us being in some kind of affective and emotional relationship is somehow coded as gay and, and so, therefore wrong. Okay, so I'm with you there. But what if what if it's also if I take the side of bromance here? What if it's also because it does occur to me that there, maybe there are in some circumstances. Definitely, it's not working like this for me. But there are some circumstances where it actually functions the opposite way, which is to make it okay to actually really make it okay to feel uh, for for two men to to be in a relationship that's not a sexual relationship. And, by... and and I would point you back to the question of what's wrong with friendship. We already have words for it. Yeah. We you, are, yeah that that word it. already yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah. So it's doing it's, other work, isn't it? It's doing other yeah, work exactly. than the word friendship. That's, and that's the thing about when, I, when you ask, what do you mean we can't get outside of discourse? What I mean is we can't get away from the fact that the word romance is in bromance. And romance, romantic love, absolutely connects to the idea of physical sexual intimacy. Yeah, you're very good. That was very good. Thanks. Yeah, I, was, well, I mean, uh, uh, apart from the slight uh, effort, reaffirmation, <laughs> the, the reaffirmation, the reaffirmation hiccup. Yeah, yeah. I just had to. I had to remember. You asked me the shortest line, not the could you, not the chat GPT. I, could I, you use as many words as possible? I was going sentence? to. I was going to ex- ask you to explain to me as if I were my grandmother. I've been using Chat GPT a little bit lately. I mean, who hasn't? Chat GPT is my best friend. Have you have you got the? Are you paying for it? Absolutely. Why would you not? <laughs> are you not? Oh, of course I am. Of course. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I um I I found 
when there was a, a point when I was trying to write a paragraph for a conference paper and I couldn't get past just this, uh, this sentence. I was halfway through the sentence and I could not make words that would take me to a full stop. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I just went, okay, I'm going to ask ChatGPT to finish the sentence. And the sentence that came back was absolutely wrong. It was ridiculous. But, but it, what it did was it allowed me to go, oh, right, now I can understand what the shape of it could be and I can get to the end of the sentence. What's a, do you know what a minotaur is? Oh, well, uh, as in from mythology, the yeah, half yeah, man, half yeah. bull. There you yeah. go. Thank you. So it's, in the it, middle of the in the middle of the maze. You know, I, I don't it's know. Jason. Them. That's right. It's Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts goes yeah. going to go and get the uh, the golden fleece and yep. comes across the Minotaur. Exactly. And so, as a Minotaur, not Minotaur. You say oh, Minotaur, I, we, I say Minotaur. Let's call the whole thing off. Exactly. So, but that's it's basically a um, it, the, there's a line where the the animal becomes human or the bull becomes human or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've I've heard ChatGPT described as two different. There are two different ways of being with it. One is a, as a minotaur, and the other is as a cyborg. And the the idea being that sometimes you've got very isolated cases or very particular things that you want it to do, and you turn to it, and it does that, and then you bring it back into uh, what you're doing. And then there's also there's the cyborg version, which is much more like you're merging with it, and there's not a clear distinction between you and it. And I've I've used it in both ways. Quite quite. I, I mean, I've only I didn't. I've only been reading about that lately. But it's it's quite a curious thing when you start feeling like you're becoming a, a dialogue with this machine, and or not becoming, but the language is becoming a dialogue with the machine. Mm. How do you feel about the, the increasing presence of AI? I mean, I wish we'd talk about the resource costs. I mean, it, you know, you know that I you know this. I suspect pretty well, but the the quantity of electricity used to to train these large language models or not just the language ones is phenomenal it's country level level quantities of of electricity yeah so we're it's a very curious thing we're doing which is at a time when the last thing we need to be doing is upping our our energy needs as we've created or we haven't we haven't created it's been created for us uh, <laughs> completely unregulated and um, so, yeah, so I have a, you know, uh, I mean, that's my sort of the main thing that comes up for me. But then there's this this question about, um, oh, it's, you know, inevitably a question about authenticity and what that means and, and what kind of homework is required. You know, my experience of doing it is I'm having to feed a lot of information, which is based on my thinking and my research to get it to get it to produce text that's anything but generic or vanilla. Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, and it feels like quite an interesting exchange. Where it's actually me coming to understand what the text is, and someone's doing the writing of the text. It's a very curious, uh, a very curious experience for sure. If you were doing your PhD now, do you think you'd be? Um... I mean, I can't see why I wouldn't be. And do you have an ethical problem with that? If a student of yours was doing that now, do you think you'd have have an ethical problem with that? No, the current state of um, of AI would not be able to generate anything like the kind of sophistication that is required to be able to um, communicate clarity. What it does... Well, to it, reaffirm it, it, clarity. <laughs> I think what it does is, it effectively, it's functioning a little bit like spell check. 
it's kind of when you put words into it, it's it's sort of it's sense check. It's like, does this make sense rather than spell check, which which is just saying this is spelt wrong or, or grammar, which isn't really paying attention to to actually how people talk anyway. It's Except like a it's a generative words. sense checking, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But but you can't. I don't think you could leave the 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 raw output. Um, to stand for itself because it just doesn't it, it doesn't hold up it, and it, also it, sorry no i was also it's it's just riddled with inaccuracy the other day i said which is bigger lisbon or turin um and it said um lisbon is bigger than turin i said okay could you tell me how many people live in lisbon and how many people live in turin and it came back and said five hundred and sixty-seven thousand people live in the greater lisbon area eight hundred and eighty thousand live in torino so i said could you explain to me how eight hundred and eighty thousand is smaller than five hundred and sixty-seven? Oh, so sorry you're absolutely right i made a mistake it's like yeah you made a mistake because sure that that's yeah so i it, it and that's just one silly yeah, example. so-called hallucinations, right? No, just I was uh, I stayed in London um, briefly for some work, and I was walking past some tennis courts, and there were a couple of men playing a game of tennis, and um, it's very hard for me not to really slow down my walk and watch people playing tennis uh i i'm fascinated by all of the postures uh figuring out very quickly how good or bad they are i don't mean in a judgmental way i just mean like going oh okay that that person's been playing a long time and you can even tell that i think i've said this to you before you can kind of tell it by the way someone walks or carries the racket right that's you know it, it's it's pretty obvious pretty obvious science but anyway these these two were very average these two men one of them was playing with his shirt off and he was, every time he hit the ball, grunting like Monica Sellers used to grunt. It was incredible how much he was grunting. The disparity between the the sound, the, the quantity of sound, the loudness of the grunt, and his, let's say, the efficacy of him hitting the ball, or even how hard he's hitting the ball, there seemed to be no correlation whatsoever, whatsoever between these two things. And I was just fascinated by him performing the grunt. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>